Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Lori. We've always thought that the most compelling story strikes the perfect balance between an honest look at the mess of life and the humor that can be found in the mess. To be perfectly honest, we don't really know how to live life without both the humor and the authenticity. Our podcast might be a little bit of whiplash at times. We can spin from hard and deep to humor and laughing on a dime. The hard will be really hard and the truths we share are the ugliest of humanity. We don't intend to make it seem like it's all fine or to pretty up the pain, but we also know that the joy we found is all the more profound because of the pain. So we hope you can stick with us through the ugly because there will also be joy and hope and humor. Welcome to the ugly truth about the girl next door. Hi, welcome back to our podcast, The Ugly Truth About the Girl Next Door. I'm Kate. And I'm Lori. <laughs> and we're back. We're always laughing in the beginning because it's always like take three, four, who knows what. Took 20 minutes to set everything right. up. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, we're always just so happy we actually are we're getting like, Yay, started. We did recording. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, today we are back though, and we are talking about um, some things that are going on for us behind the scenes. Some really good a really good thing yeah which is great because um, we have all kinds of things going on yes all the things but not all of them are good <laughs> right um but we are wanting to share with our audience i guess um about a project that we've been working on for a while um called mezzo um so mezzo is a new program that we have started where um we will be educating the world uh, through training materials and content and um, speaking engagements to basically empower individuals and organizations to come alongside um, victims of specifically family controlled trafficking and um, child sexual exploitation. So let's go back. So that was like a lot of words and mm-hmm. you know not a lot of explanation. So um, when Lori and I first started, the podcast, it was born out of a place of desperation. We've said this over and over and over again that, um, you know, I mean, everybody who has listened from the beginning knows that this was a sort of a last ditch effort, a last ditch escape attempt. Um, my, you know, <laughs> my life, my family was being threatened and, um, there was uh, the thought process of strength in numbers. The more people that know about these things, the more people that know about um, who these people are and what they're capable of, the safer it will be for myself and for others, right? We had the knowledge that these people were walking around the world. Um, Some knowingly volunteering with children. Right. Um, And how can we get okay with not speaking up, right? Um, so that is where the podcast was born. <laughs> safety in numbers um, and safety for myself and safety for others. Um, but along this journey over the last year and a half, we have um, honestly along this journey over the last five and a half years, <laughs> we have been walking out this space that we keep kind of considering and, and referring to as the middle. Um, so I don't think we said that mezzo is Italian for the middle. Yes. So that's how mezzo. That's where we get mezzo. Yes. Um, so I guess, yeah, let's talk about what the middle actually means. Um, for Mezzo, our program, we, we call it the space between victim and survivor. I think that most people understand that those two terms are interchangeable, but in my mind, not really because, um, you know, 
as the things were happening, as I was being victimized, I was very much a victim. Um, In the sense of still very stuck, not really having power and voice, not having healing opportunities, still very stuck. Right. Um, But as I get closer to the other side, I feel like I've started to consider myself more of a survivor. That's actually very hard for me to say because, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't feel... um, (laughs) It's easy to say that, but is is it easy to feel that way? I don't know. So I, I think if you think about what survivor, what we mean when we say survivor, we mean, like, yes, actively having power and voice and feeling like you're standing on solid ground and feeling like you are closer to healed than not. Mm-hmm. Um, not that healing is a finite process, but, um, and it's hard, I think, some days to feel like that. Yeah. Survivor to me feels like um, you survived, but like, have I <laughs> yet? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Little, no, but that's like, I, I side think- note. Well, that matters because I think there are a lot of people who can resonate with that feeling of um, some days. Yeah. I mean, it's that whiplash thing again. Right. Some days it feels like, yep, we podcast this. We got this. I have this. I know where I'm going and, you know, I've got it kind of handled. And Mm -hmm. then some days it's like not much. Yeah. Which I think is. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's pretty normal. I don't Mm -hmm. know that that ever goes away. (laughs) Um, so I think I've said it on here before. The idea is that the bad times become less often, less intense, and the recovery is faster and more complete. Mm -hmm. So no, it doesn't completely go away, but you know, the further along the journey you get, you maybe have, you know, specific days that are difficult, but they're not like in the bottom of the pit difficult, even Mm -hmm. when they come and they're less often. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't feel very much like you're there at the moment. <laughs> no. There's just too much going on. I yeah. feel like there's just so much coming at us all the time. Mm-hmm. Some really amazingly good things. Yeah. But there's also really a lot things. a lot of really hard things. Um so we are still very much in the middle. Um, but we are getting closer to the other side. Can you talk about the the middle as yeah. we kind of started talking about it. Yeah. So um, at one point or another, I had kind of made this uh, like description to Lori about how it feels like there's the bad stuff and, you know, kind of the other side of the bad stuff of the, the light at the end of the tunnel, the end. Right. Um, not in a bad way. In like a, a place of safety. Yes, exactly. There's the bad stuff and then there's safety. And there's but there's space in between the bad stuff actually actively happening in real time, being trafficked, being abused, and safe like actual, real, legitimate safety. There's space between those two things. It's not like the next day you wake up and you're safe. Um, and there's a lot that has to happen in that middle space. In order for safety to happen. Here, my (laughs) Max. (laughs) He's like, Mommy, why are you there without me? (laughs) She's outrageous. (laughs) Uh, Max, who tried to dive bomb Penny this morning and then hurt his leg and was whining for a while. He literally, like, got air. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty sure he's, yeah. Super dog. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's invincible. Uh, anyways, um, so anyway, so there's a lot that has to happen in the middle in order for it to hold. 
Yeah, and there's not one right prescribed way to move through it. Um, but the right slash prescribed, quote, ways to move through that middle space that are currently out in the world don't really apply to me or to a lot of um, victims of family control trafficking. Um, you know, there's a lot of programs and a lot of organizations out there that are helping victims of trafficking and doing awesome work, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the sort of molded cookie cutter um, programs are really geared more towards sex trafficking when um, it's a prostitution situation, when it's a there's a homelessness issue, <coughs> when, um, you know, it's a, a foreign national. You know, there's lots of different scenarios for human trafficking, and one of them is family controlled when the parents or the caregivers are the traffickers and there's not a lot of resources for people like me. So walking out this middle space has been incredibly difficult for us specifically, but for me, because there hasn't been a lot of people on the other side helping us navigate. (laughs) Right. Because people don't know what to do. What they have to offer in their traditional programs are not the things that you actually needed, that we actually needed to make holding the middle smoother. Right. We have, and so our, we have repeatedly, our statement to each other is we are the middle. Yeah. yeah. We're holding the middle. And that has not always been your experience because you were dealing with people who didn't know what they were facing and they didn't know how to face it, therefore. And so they, the middle would collapse and then you were stuck yep yeah no and the only way back out was back to the bad things and the abuse tenfold you know um for every failed escape attempt um things got worse so failed escape attempt is essentially that the middle collapsing right Right. i think i have you know the help and the support and this person is going to help me through it and i'm going to walk walk out of it and i'm going to cross this bridge i'm going to cross this middle space and i'm going to do it and then the middle collapses because for a, a variety of reasons not for one reason not because of one person for a whole bunch of different reasons it gets too hard it's too sticky the mud is too deep it's too much. And, and there's no map for how to do it where you don't get into the mud. Nope. There's no map. So Mezzo represents our attempt to create a map yep. for people to follow some version of a compass yep. for, to know how to hold the middle so, so, so victims can get across that bridge to survivorship. Right. Yeah. And honestly, what we bring to the table, I was at an event um, with Nicole Overcamp from Powerhouse Money. And um, she's been helping us kind of craft Mezzo and um, kind of, you know, just form it into take our vision and form it into something that can be a reality. Um, And she was saying that when she, you know, built her company from the ground up, she brought to the table kind of all the what not to do. Right. Mm -hmm. She had, you know, 10 years of experience of of. Starting and then redirecting and and shifting (laughs) and thinking less of herself than she is and letting that get in her head and doors that she walked through that walked her right off a cliff and doors that she couldn't open that she wished she could have. Um, So that's kind of, you know, the experience of that hard place is what she brought to the table and what she offers to her clients. And I feel like Mezzo um, in a way is that it's us saying, here's what we did Here's what did work really well, and here's what didn't work really well. 
Um, and definitely don't go through that door. <laughs> but try this back route because that might work for you. Um, and by the way, ideally, ultimately, we would love to be training up an army of people to walk alongside those survivors. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I guess that that brings us to the next thing of what do we offer, right? What is Mezzo looking to do? Um, so we've been saying from the beginning, we want to, yep, train up, educate an army of people um, to be the lorries of the world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, okay, it's uncomfortable for you. Uh <laughs> Hashtag I stand with Kate. Love that. So again, hashtag be a Lori. You've been uncomfortable. I guess I can be too. Um, but that idea of, and again, we've said it before, that because professional therapists are supposed to stay in our lane, it prevents the therapist who's got the training and the toolbox and the just perception to be able to hold the middle differently. But we're not supposed to hold that in that same way. We need other people who have mm -hmm. the skills, the tools, the perception to be that person yeah it really it takes a it does take a village to get a survivor a victim from victim to survivor it does take a village to hold all of those specific places in the middle so that it doesn't collapse but what it really also takes is one person to be the advocate to mm -hmm. be you know the person who says, no, 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 we're not giving up yet. I mean, how many times have you said to me, like, no, we don't go back. We don't let the middle fall. We hold the middle. We keep pushing through. We make the phone calls. We do the things. We walk through the doors. If not this, then that. If yeah. not that, then another. Exactly. And honestly, like, we would never, ever have gotten – I mean, I I, sh I shudder to think <laughs> about what's – I mean, I know what could have been. I know what has been when the middle has collapsed. And so um, lots of times on our journey, it would have been um, without you. It would have been just me and the middle collapsing and me heading right back into the things that I came out of. Um, and everybody listening would recognize that it has taken so much strength and determination and courage to keep going. Um, I'm glad that we've been able to do that together, that it has never had to be you holding the middle by yourself, but it has still, again, taken so much to keep yeah. going. And it, it shouldn't be that hard. Again, that's part of why Mezzo is a thing, because we're sitting here saying we have been fighting tooth and nail, fighting against the very systems that should have been in place to help and support. Instead, we're having to drag them along or fight against them actively mm -hmm. because they're doing harm rather than help. No, we can't just sit back and let that be the experience for other survivors. If there's anything we can do to make that different, we have to try. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, it shouldn't have to be this hard. No. And I also think that other survivors don't know that it shouldn't have to be this hard. I didn't know, yeah. right? How many times did I try to get out, even as an adult, even in college, you know, and trying to um, to make that escape attempt as an adult with a relatively adult brain, um, I think I didn't know. How would I have known that this is, you know, the systems are telling me what they're telling me and the people around me are telling me what they're saying and... I just collapse into it and, yep, it's me. I'm the problem. And I guess I'll just continue to be hurt. Um, it was just too consistent. So it's that second wound idea that when your whole life you've been told a certain narrative about yourself and your place in the world 
And then those systems come along and treat you like that's true. Treat you like, well, you're just too much. You're, why are you so upset? When you're that upset, we can't actually help you. And oh, by the way, maybe this is not true. Yep. When that's your experience, it's way too hard on your own, by yourself, without another voice in your ear. It's way too hard to hold steady. Yep. No. So that is what Mezzo offers is educating um Educating individuals, you know, that's the other thing that we keep saying is that Mm -hmm. it's not going to be in a traditional trafficking situation. A lot of times it is, you know, you see all the time on the news, police raided a brothel and saved 46 women and five traffickers went to jail or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. It is not going to look like that when it's family controlled trafficking. It's just not. It's there is no brothel to raid. It's in people's homes. It's in churches. It's in secret places that nobody knows about. It's with families that are middle class suburban families that look and feel and talk all kinds of normal and do the thing. And they're religious and they go to church and you know no one would ever suspect. That is what family control trafficking looks like. Um, So it's going to be the individuals. It's going to be, again, how many people have come to you to say, we kind of knew that something didn't make sense about what was being said. We could tell you we're not okay, but we either didn't know what to do or we just bought the narrative that was being offered. Right. Right. It was neighbors. It was people in church with you. It was your friend's parents. That those are the people also that we really want to educate and empower to know how to help in ways that are meaningful. Right. Right. Yeah. And once they are educated in what to look for, what to not, you know, how to help, how to step into the middle. Now, how do they go into the middle and make it all the way through? Right. right? Because there's been a lot of people that stepped into the middle and the ground was squishy and we got in the mud and they kind of couldn't hold it anymore. And so not only do we want to educate people on stepping into the middle this is what you are stepping into this is what you should be looking for um but then once they do that how to stick with it um and to support them as they stick with it again that's also part of the goal is to create a system where it's not just them trying to do it by themselves right so yeah so it's education and it's advocacy um again it's us bringing kind of our experience and our uh really 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 hard and long journey that we are still on (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and offering it up as hey um you know we hope that the world can learn from it in a in a concise way I think that's the other thing is obviously the podcast you know and again we aren't going to stop podcasting that will always be a thing I think Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you know but with mezzo it will be tailored to specific people so um, a PTA group, uh, the content and the, you know, what to look for and how to help is going to look different than um, perhaps a healthcare workers group. Um, so it will be tailor made to, to the people that are utilizing it. And we're hoping that people will utilize it. It's a little bit kind of the, like we created that recap episode. Mm-hmm. It's a little kind of like that. Like you're not going to get the whole of it by listening to you know, a 40 minute podcast episode or a 40 minute educational session, Mm -hmm. but you're going to get enough to get you started. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's pulling out the, you know, in the podcast, we've talked a lot about things in real time Mm -hmm. and, and, and we've analyzed them and we've talked them through and we've, you know, let our listeners listen in on that and, um, and all that. But now as we have kind of come out of some of those real time things and process through them, 
and really could narrow down and pinpoint like what went wrong, um, what we could have done differently or what other people could have done differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, now we want to be able to package that nicely and, and hand it to the people that can actually utilize it. Um, it's a forward thinking rather than backward thinking enterprise, right? Yeah. And I honestly, in terms of the forward thinking, this is a thing that we're doing that seems like it makes, I don't know, it's, it's a good thing to come out of a lot of bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and it's also really hard for me to say that because I've said repeatedly that nothing in the world could ever make any of this worth it. Um, there is no, there is nothing good enough Mm -mm. that could make any of this worth it. Um, but it is what it is. It happened. Right. And we're so living it. What am I going to do with that? Right. What are we going to make of it now that um, now that it has happened? So I want to acknowledge the fact that there are a lot of people out there who their answer to, you know, it happened. Now, what am I going to do with it? Sometimes people become bitter. They become self-absorbed, like I had to live through this, so I'm just going to take care of me. But that is not your stance, and that's pretty amazing. Mm. I know. Anything that feels now like Now I'm good, uncomfortable. Well, <laughs> put on your T-shirt, I stand with Kate, and get on. I do not have an I stand with Kate T-shirt, <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, I, I stand with myself. <laughs> um. I sure hope so. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's kind of something we've been working on behind the scenes. Um, do we want to talk about the summit? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. So, um, as I mentioned before, Nicole Overcamp from Power House Money is, um, an amazing, amazing human being. I am so grateful to have been connected to her. And again, she's someone that came to us through the podcast. Mm -hmm. She started listening, reached out, um, and we connected that way, which, I don't even know how to say. I mean, there's so many things that have happened as a result of the podcast that have just been so great and so encouraging. And so we're so, so grateful. Yeah, empowering. Yeah. Um, And Nicole is literally empowerment, like embodied. (laughs) She (laughs) is like the woman that's like, girl, you got this. Like she's just. And not just blowing smoke. You got this. It's like you got this and I got your back. Yeah. yeah, I got you got this. And here's five people that can help you Mm -hmm. get it. (laughs) So. Right. um, Yeah. She's awesome. And so Nicole and her company, Powerhouse Money, um, they are hosting a their first annual women's summit next year. Um, it's March 8th, 2024, which is also International Women's Day, which is cool. Um, and the summit is, it's going to be a one-day event. Um, the goal of it is to empower women. It gives, um, you know, women the tools to, you know, basically do more of what they want, when they want to, and with who they want to. Um, it's... Nicole has has cultivated this amazing lineup of speakers um, that we will share more information about once we have it and get it. Including us. Including us. Yep. <laughs> we are one of the the speakers. Um, and yeah, it's going to be an awesome day of connecting with other women, mm-hmm. of um, just hearing from people that have really been through it and that have come out the other side, people that have tools and um, things to equip us um, to level up basically. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, 
so yeah, we will be participating as one of the speakers, um, which we're really, really excited about and really excited to share our journey and, you know, kind of our journey with Mezzo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, by March, there'll have been all kinds of developments. Yes, exactly. So to kind of share that in that space and, and honestly, just to bring, I think it's such a cool idea to have, um, you know, hundreds of women together who all have different backgrounds, different careers, different things going on in life, different journeys, different stories, but really all one thing in mind of, of wanting to, um, to just feel empowered and, mm-hmm. and moving forward. So, so I, f- I think right. The part of the caption is it's for ambitious women, mm-hmm. which I love that because ambitious women, I mean, ambi- we're ambitious women, mm-hmm. but we're not ambitious for certain, like we're ambitious for greater good kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Some people are ambitious for, you know, a product or a financial development or people are ambitious in all kinds of ways, but we're Mm -hmm. ambitious. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so we're super excited about that. Please um, watch our social medias for more information about that. Tickets are already on sale. And so I'll post um, the link to that where you can purchase them online. And um, the... Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. It's going to be really, really awesome. Meso has its own Instagram. Do you want to mention that? Oh, yes. So um, we also have created a new Instagram account for Meso. Um, Again, the ugly truth about the girl next door, not going anywhere at all. Um, We will still be posting the content that we post and updates about what's going on and commenting on all the things um, on the ugly truth about the girl next door. But for Meso-specific related things, we created a new Instagram account um, so follow us over there. It's Mezzo Inc. M-E-Z-Z-O-I-N-C um, on Instagram. And, um, you know, you'll stay up to date on all the things that we're doing, all the things that we are um, working on to uh, to make this this something that is useful to the world. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's that exciting. covers it. Yeah. Yeah, these are very positive, very positive, forward-thinking things. Yeah, I'm excited no, I know. For that. I'm we could excited. use a little bit of that right now. We definitely could use a little <laughs> bit of positive. Yes, um, but yeah, no, this is definitely. It feels like like a good thing, like a good thing that's coming out of all the bad. So I know I've said it before, but you know, we've talked about the stages of grief. And how traditionally there were five. And Wait, that, are you going to ask me what shape is my sadness? I'm not going to ask you that today. You have taught me not to do that. <laughs> Other soothing and grounding tools. Sorry, but I super not didn't today. mean to interrupt you, but <laughs> I want to just cut you off before it happened. <laughs> yes, we can't go there. Gosh, no, we cannot go there. Okay. No, what I was going to say is that in recent years, they've added the like last stage of grief being making meaning of your difficult thing. And I do think that's a really important thing because, again, at the end of the day, when something hard has happened to us, it's all about how are we going to make sense of it and what are we going to do with it? And mm-hmm. it, sometimes some people do nothing with it and they just sort of sit in it. But truly being able to do something meaningful with the hard thing makes a difference in ultimately how solidly you stand in healing. Yeah. So that's what this is. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. So go check us out. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And we're excited to have you join us on the mission. Yeah. Be part of our army. Yes. (laughs) We are proud of our army. If you or someone you know is stuck in a trafficking situation and needs help, please reach out to the National Human Trafficking Hotline by calling 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP, H-E-L-P, 
to 233733.